Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts, and this episode I am so excited because it couldn't be a better time, right? We're in January, the start of the year, and this episode is all about referrals and how you can leverage them to grow your business. We sit down with guest Bron Hansborough, also known as The Flower Guy, to talk about how he has grown his business through the power of referrals. We talk about what referrals are, why you should leverage word of mouth, and just walk away with some concrete tips that you as an event industry, an event pro, a vendor, and even just a small business owner can use and apply to your business right after you listen to the episode. I promise you that. And before we jump into the content, I do want to remind you that we are running a content promotion right now. So if you send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com, you'll be entered to win one of five gift cards. Now you do need to send us, we want to hear uh, content ideas or what you want to hear more of, and you'll be entered to win some coffee on Mary and I. So hopefully you have time to enter before the end of the month. So we will cut it off after January 31st. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of uh, the co-hosts, and I'm joined here by Mary, and we have another exciting episode. And in theme of kind of who we'll be talking to, Mary, let's kick it off with what's your favorite flower? Oh, yes. Okay. Great on theme question for today. Um, so Bron's probably going to think I'm really basic. I don't know. My favorite flower is a rose because my middle name is Rose and it's also my mom's name. So I just have to go with the flow. I like roses too. They smell nice. So my favorite is a rose and Logan, I'm going to pass it over to you. What's your favorite flower? I'm going to go with hydrangea and I will confess I had to Google it because I know what it looks like, but I can't think of words for it. My background's more on the sports side. So I was like, definitely I'm like, if I had a client who really needed flowers, I'd learn them all, but I think they're gorgeous. And I love like a blue or purple one. And when it's in like the shade, the cl- like flowers really pop. So that's my favorite. Um, but I feel like we've, we've teased a little bit about the theme we're talking about or the person we're talking about, but we are very excited to introduce uh, Bron Hansborough. He's an award-winning floral and event designer who's devoted his career to navigating clients through the creative process and transforming their visions into exquisite events. Oh, I love that. Since 2014, the flower guy Bron is an evolving event designer who reimagines and inspires experiences throughout bespoke design. He deeply values the whole person and facilitates moments using creative mediums where individuals develop a deeper connection and appreciation of what makes them special. Recently, Braun has created Ethos, an educational resource for fellow creatives and industry pros that promotes wellness and community. Braun, you are speaking the Better Events podcast language right now. (laughs) Braun is dedicated to providing seamless and stress-free design services and loves seeing the look on his clients' faces when they see their completed concept come to life. When he's not dreaming up magical events, he loves to cook, travel, entertain, shop, and connect. Bron, welcome to the podcast. I think we need to hang out in real life. <laughs> oh, I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure um, being on, on with you all today and, and sharing some tools from my toolbox and getting to know your community better. better. 
I feel like Bron, it's only fair to ask because we we answered our very basic starter question. But do you have a favorite? I flower? was waiting as, for it. As the flower <laughs> guy, do. do you have a favorite? Of course I do. Of course I do. And Mary, you'll be pleased to know that it is actually a rose as well. Um, in particularly an O'Hara garden rose, which is a oh. really really big, beautiful, fragrant version. Um, and it is my absolute favorite flower. So yeah, we I'm so glad to hear. I, yes. It, and yeah, and I don't find you basic at all. Okay, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, a rose, but uh, but now I need to learn about what did you call it? What was the kind of rose? Now I need to look into it. Oh, O'Hara. Okay, got it. I'm gonna go there do some go. smelling. <laughs> I'm excited. There you go. Yeah, and highly fragrant. My absolute favorite. Hmm. Love it. Oh my gosh. Well, we're so excited to get into our topic today. Um, we first want to touch on why we asked Bron to the podcast and just to kind of give the connection to our listeners. So um, this topic that we're discussing today is leveraging yourself to become referral worthy. And so this topic is a question that um, we, Logan and I ask ourselves a lot and we talk about it a lot. It's a thought that we hope maybe our listeners are having as well, uh, because referrals really are in my opinion, the best kind of business to get. Um, and it's so such an honor when referrals pass through, whether they're through clients or partners. And so I think that kind of hashing out this topic today is going to be super valuable. So thank you, Bron, for, like I said, being here with us and taking the time. And um, we can dive Sorry. right. Yeah. Mary, I want to interrupt because I will have to yeah. say, Bron, we have to celebrate. You are our first male guest <gasps> on the Better That's Events true. Podcast. That's true. Oh, yay, cool. And we had the flower yeah, guys, our first, our first male on the pod. I uh, we are... I'm modest. <laughs> I'm usually pretty modest, but I'm definitely going to celebrate breaking this record. Yeah. This is there you go. <laughs> I'm so glad you called that out because yes, that's pretty yeah, awesome. It hit me as we were talking. I was like, we're always so excited about our guests. And we just realized, yeah, you're our first, our first male guest. So congratulations, but sorry, Mary, to awesome. interrupt interrupt Thank the you. flow here. I'm excited for this conversation. <laughs> no, I'm so glad you called it out. It's important. So, so yeah, definitely. Um, well, I just wanted to say before we jump in to take a moment, um, kind of before we dive deep into the topic, I actually would love to kind of circle back a little bit, Ron, and talk about the bit that's in your bio when you talk about promoting wellness and community, whether you want to talk more about ethos or, or not, it's totally up to you. But um, like Logan said, that's something that we actually really, really try to promote with the podcast is like this idea of community over competition. And then I'm interested in the wellness piece as well, because I think that's something really yeah. important for the industry. So with all that being said, do you mind if we just take a moment and you can kind of talk more about that? Because I'm super intrigued. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to. So I think like many event professionals, I found myself facing the comparison game. I found myself doubting my ability. I was questioning everything that I once felt very strongly and secure about myself. As a designer, as a person, I was hyper-focused on inspiration and style shoots and Instagram and Pinterest and what everyone else was doing. And I found myself in a place where I just needed a refresh. I needed to hit reset and find and rediscover, reimagine who I am as a person before even a business owner. And so the importance of the whole person um, became more and more um, prevailing for me. And I realized that as I searched the landscape of our industry, 
no one is really talking about the whole person. We go to conferences and we talk about business development. We go to workshops and we learn how to improve our craft. But no one is talking about us and how we feel and what we need to continue to be whole humans in order to function as business owners. And so it just really sparked my interest. And I typically go against the grain. And I have been pitching these ideas to conferences time after time and kept getting, you know, well, we love this topic, but this one right here is a little bit mushy. It's a little bit warm and fuzzy. And we want to just focus on actionable takeaways. And I'm like, well, how many of us have left workshops and left conferences with notebooks filled with action items and no inspiration and motivation to get it done? So I feel like it creates this cycle of people or industry professionals who are professional conference goers and not professional doers. And so I really wanted to inspire and create a platform and a community to inspire us because the inspiration is just as important as the application. So that's where it came from. It was a lot, a lot of words, but hopefully it all made sense. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I think we we were just talking about this on a, in an earlier episode with a guest about um, because it's such a service, you know, service industry, you're very much like a people pleaser, you're helping others and, you know, things go wrong and it's often the on the planner or yeah. the event pro to kind of hide, you know, hide that and problem solve, but it's like also okay like to not, to not have to feel like you have to do that in all aspects of your life. Cause it is very draining. And I know a theme from 2021, um, has been burnout. And so, you know, a lot of event pros, we've talked about a lot of their goals for the next, for 2022 have been to, you know, prioritize themselves and understand that taking care of themselves is just as important as their client work because they're hand in hand. You're no use if you're burnt out. So that sounds like an amazing yeah, absolutely. Uh, platform. Well, thank you. And, you know, you, if we take cues from other industries, other industries are starting to lead with self-development. And so I think that it's important, even though we're in a untraditional, even unconventional solopreneur industry, primarily, it's important that we take those cues from those big corporations and operate our businesses in mirror to them and put ourselves first. Awesome. We could talk more about that for hours, I think. So forever, <laughs> go check out Ethos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, but we'll just jump right into our topic now and get kind of more into becoming um leveraging yourself to become referral worthy. Um, but Logan, do you want to kick it off? Pass it to yeah, you. Yeah, I feel like Brown, we like on our episodes kind of to set the stage for our audience, make sure you know, we're using terms that everyone kind of knows how we're defining them. So Absolutely. just to dial back, like how would you define referrals when we're talking about how we leverage them? I would define referrals in a larger statement. So it's not kind of like referral is. To me, referral is referrals are more of a concept. Concept. I look at it in terms of how I can divert and attract couples in any type of business my way, but not necessarily thinking about it from a referral base. Like, okay, you know, you have several different subscriptions that you can subscribe to that will direct business your way. I look at it in a bigger picture. I want you to think about every different avenue, every vendor that your potential client goes to. And I want to think about how I can be first of mind when they're looking for a florist. So all of the different things that are related to my service, related to my client experience, and how I create a transformation with past clients, current clients, and future clients, which makes me the first resort and the first recommendation from other vendors and other sources. I love that. Yeah. And thank you for the context. Uh, it's really great to yeah, be able to absolutely. kind of just 
Yeah. Set the basis. So, um, with that being said, it, it seems like this wonderful idea. So for, for somebody who maybe is a newer business owner, how is the best way for them to get started in kind of building their referral basis? Um, and along with that, if you're, you're totally welcome to share your story that I think that's super helpful is yeah. kind of how you got started in that and how that developed over time. Yeah, absolutely. I love stories. I think they're the best way to kind of convey a, a message. So when I started my business, I was a loner. I didn't have really strong mentorship in terms of like how to develop my business. I had plenty of mentoring in terms of how to design flowers prettier, but no one was saying, Bron, this is how you build your business. And this is not a business where you're really selling flowers, you're really selling you. And so what I had to do is I had to figure out a way to connect with other event professionals in my market. So what I did is I was very observative and paid attention to the people that I wanted to do more work with. And what I did is I implemented a strategy that I consider called strategic business introductions. When you're out there, you don't have any clue who really knows who you are. You know who you are, your friends and family know, and maybe a few other businesses, but I want you to really start off thinking of yourself as one man on a deserted island, and you really want to get yourself out there. So what I do through strategic business introductions is I was inviting the event professionals that I wanted to work with into my workspace for a couple of different reasons. One, I wanted to control the dynamic. I wanted to feel comfortable. I also wanted them to see my workspace and to see my team moving around and, and, and doing the work. And so what I do is I sit them down and I walk them through strategically what their client's experience would be with me. So we start off talking about all of the different client touch points. And then we talk about how I conceptualize the design, what my design proposal presentation is like, how I navigate our clients through the creative process. It's important that other event professionals know how their clients, our mutual clients, how our experience mirrors their experience and how we can complement each other in creating a really beautiful experience for our clients. So those strategic introductions are really, really helpful to give other event professionals insight as to what clients will experience with me. And so that was very important in the very beginning in formulating those relationships. Sometimes it took place over coffee. Sometimes it took place over cocktails and just really connecting with the person, not just the business and getting to know who they are, what makes them tick, what's their design style, who's their ideal client so that they know when the client comes to them, they can say, hmm, it's something about this client that I believe is going to connect with Braun or that client is going to connect with him from a design perspective. That's really helpful. I feel like Bron, I like the point there that you had of that you would host them in your workspace as a way to make yeah. yourself mm -hmm. comfortable. I think that's so smart. If you have a physical space or even a coffee shop you're familiar with, you know, it takes some of the, the stress out of, of that part and kind of in that same vein, that was a great example, but considering, cause a lot of people are afraid of, you know, crowds or talking to strangers or new settings. Yeah. Um, do you have other recommendations on how someone like that can approach networking? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, being an extrovert, I really had to dig deep to come up with thoughts on like how someone who's an introvert or just, yeah. just not that comfortable 
around new crowds, how they can manage these experiences. And so I really prefer and recommend people who are scared of crowds to reimagine what networking looks like. So I know that like going into a large room full of strangers could be a thing. But when you think back to those strategic business introductions, we do have to eventually become comfortable with being the faces of our business. So I think that you can start by doing small things like Instagram live videos, and they can be casual just to get yourself comfortable with speaking to people and, and unfamiliar faces. And as that comfort level develops, then instead of going into a networking meeting, maybe you do it on a much smaller scale, something similar to the strategic business introduction, but maybe you invite five people, or maybe you even invite one person and say, hey, do you have another industry peer that you think would want to sit down and get to know me? Maybe you invite a friend. So that way, maybe you get two businesses in instead of just the one. And then you can just kind of do that and continue to grow that sphere until you're a little bit more comfortable. But I do say, you know, it is very important. I go back to this that we do establish a certain comfort level with being the face of our business. And I go back to that because I learned over time that we're really not selling our businesses as much as we're selling ourselves. So we do have to do some development and getting comfortable with who we are, what we do, how well we do it, and being able to convey that confidently with other business owners in addition to the client. Which just to, Brian, I, touching on what you just said there, because you said you love stories. I would love to know if you have a specific moment or if it was a gradual feeling of where you finally did embrace that part of how you're not selling a service, you're selling mm -hmm. you. Because I know for myself, that was something that was really stressful in the beginning. And I've seen way more success since embracing it. Um, but for me, it was yeah. like the pandemic made me realize I had to get in front of the camera and start promoting myself more. But for you, was there a, a moment or a story behind that? Yeah, well, it actually wasn't a moment. I think it happened gradually as my confidence developed. Um, when I first started, I, you know, I, I was kind of just selling the proposal. Um, it was all about, you know, these are the flowers. This is the timing. This is the look. This is the design. And I was so focused on design. And I realized that my, my rate of booking was not exactly what I thought it should have been based on how much energy I was putting into the sales. What I was missing was that I was focusing so much on the overarching design that I was missing the opportunity to connect with the individual. And once I realized the importance of the connection with the person and get out, getting outside of the transaction, then it became more clear to me that people were not looking for flowers. They were looking to connect with a designer that they felt comfortable with. And so I started to focus more energy on relating to the customer and getting to understand who they were. And then also letting down some of my barriers so that they could connect with me on a more human level. So part of my consultation, I'm learning about who these people are as opposed to exactly what they want for flowers. And once I started to make the connection that this is about people and not about service and flowers, then that's when my booking rate went up and that's when my questions started to change. And that is when I started to put more of a focus on that as opposed to just selling the proposal. So it kind of happened gradually with trial and error. Yeah, I wonder, I'm thinking through, um 
like the pandemic. And I, and I'm sure it's different with flowers too, though, Brown. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, but because they're like very physical, obviously, is it harder to build those types of relationships? You feel like when you're having like your discovery call or consultations over like zoom or something like that, it seems like it just misses out on a little bit of opportunity there, but curious. Yeah. Curious about your thoughts. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. Um, I've gone through a couple of different phases in how I would um, sell sell proposals. I started off doing everything in person. We met first in person. The proposal presentation was in person. Everything was in person. And because I'm a people person, that felt really good to me. And I did have a relatively high booking rate. As a matter of fact, it was beyond relatively high because I did I was able to touch them differently in person. However, as time passed and clients became more and more plentiful, I had to figure out how I could see more people and streamline my process. And so many in-person um, you know, meetings just weren't possible anymore. So then I moved to the initial call being on the phone and I was terrified. I was like, how on earth am I gonna make a personal connection with someone over the phone? And I was surprised very surprised with how I was still able to make the connection. Then when we moved into an all virtual space through COVID, I think that after a few months, it became everyone's norm. And I think that people are just as comfortable with Zoom opening up. And I became more comfortable with Zoom, you know, getting to know people that it really hasn't impacted how we relate to our, our clients and, and getting those, getting those, solid connections with the person. So fortunately, you know, the virtual space has not impacted it at all. It actually has surprisingly made us more efficient on one end, but I just have not seen any lull in booking or any lull in how people feel about their connection with us. So we've been very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, I think it's an important thing you, you mentioned earlier, Bron, like the, the feel, there's that quote, right? Of people don't remember what you did, they just remember how you made them feel. And I know that's something I've picked Absolutely. up in, in my business is that like the way I talk with clients, it's about, you know, how I can relieve stress from them. If I'm managing their live stream or their virtual, yeah. like things that freak them out, I'm there to take that off their shoulders versus they don't want to know the nitty gritty of what buttons I'm pushing and what programs I'm using and things. It's more that feeling that I can take that off you. I will own that. And you'll know it's going to, it's going to hopefully exceed your expectations. But that feeling part, I feel like is such a key connection and probably why you've been so successful at at building, you know, those relationships that then turn into referrals and grow your business. Absolutely. And another thing that we are really intentional about is listening. I think when actually being in person, it's much easier to do a lot more talking because you're right there and you're excited and you're in the moment. But when you're on the phone and you don't have a voice and I'm sorry, a, a visual, you don't have a face you have to really focus more on listening so that you can infer throughout the process and spit back, you know, valuable um, keywords that they might mention and being able to get ahead of their needs before they even have it. So part of, part of our success is also listening in those moments where we've lost the opportunity to sit across from someone. Yeah, that's, a, that's an important skill, listening. I think it sounds easy, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's harder. Um, just Tell thinking like, it. as you're, uh, what's the, what's the best referral that you've, you've received by word of mouth? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the largest wedding that I have ever done actually took place this year, this calendar year. And that relationship started from a 
strategic business introduction, um, there was a jeweler that I wanted to shop with. And I'm like, you know what, jewelry, flowers, you know, that all kind of goes hand in hand. And this particular jeweler um, had a studio in an office building across from my first building. And I sent her a cold email introducing myself and, you know, offering some services and wanted to sit down to get to know her better. From that relationship that happened probably about seven or eight years ago, from then, she introduced me to an, a friend of hers who was one of her best clients. And from that strategic introduction and establishing my service with the jeweler, she was able to then send me to her best client who booked me for the largest wedding for her daughter that we had ever done. So simply showing people who you are, waiting, nurturing the relationship, developing the trust and the rapport, not being pushy, not asking for the referral, but literally doing my best work over the years, developing my craft, focusing on my service, all of that circled back organically with a lead from my one of my first strategic business introductions through a friend of hers. So that, that I mean, honestly, I never could have imagined that that type of wedding wouldn't have come from a planner who knew me or yeah. from, you know, a different type of relationship, but it simply came from implementing a strategic business introduction from a cold email to the largest wedding of my career. Although eight, seven or eight years later, it was so worth the wait to build that relationship and truly earn the referral and leveraging a relationship that I didn't even have to, to ask for it. So it just dropped in my lap all through organic leveraging of a referral. I think that's so important, just like not discounting any relationship. And that's something that I've learned over time too. It's like, I'll have a meeting scheduled and I'm like, I don't, I'm not really feeling this. Maybe I can like reschedule it or something like that. And it's with, you know, it's with like another event professional yeah. or something like that. And I try to tell myself yeah. like to go through with it anyway. And I am so surprised at how valuable those conversations end up being over time. And I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't bail on that person. And so yeah. it's just, it's the power of relationships. Absolutely. So that's a great story. There you, and, and I can't, I can't even, I can't talk about the power of relationships enough. And this whole conversation about leveraging yourself to be referral worthy really is about the relationships. It's all about how can I get to know people? How can people get to know me? So that there's no question, like, I don't, I don't have to wonder, well, what is the experience going to be like? What is the end result going to be like? It's about getting to know the person behind the business. And when you formulate these relationships across your market, I mean, you'd be surprised how many people will want to work with you. Because what I've learned over time is that overwhelmingly, we have become as an industry so transactional. It's all about how quickly can we make the next dollar? How quickly can we produce the next event? And not focusing on nurturing people. And when you nurture people, and you mentioned it earlier, people don't remember what you did. They remember how you make them feel. So you hit the nail on the head with the power of relationship. Yeah. And I do have one more question for you, if you don't mind. It's just kind of logistical, yeah. but I would love to know. It's um, yeah. So you said, I, I think I heard you mention somewhere that you didn't ask for the referral. So are there any instances where you like finish an event and you're like, let me know if there are any other people looking for a similar service or do you ever push them in some way, whether it's a client or like a partner 
I'm just kind of curious for tips you have on the dynamic of, of that type of thing. Absolutely. Well, that's a really great question. And I've never been asked that question. So I truly focus so hard and have trained my team to focus solely on our service, executing the service. And the service is actually the relationship, is how I'm making the client feel. So in most cases, um, when we finish at the end of an event, you know, we always make sure we, if the client is still there, we always want to make sure we go up to them and inquire about the experience and how well we did. And I wait for them to tell me what this looks like. So I'm, I've had a couple of occasions here recently um, on a few of the larger weddings where the family was so excited and impressed with the job that we had done that they asked me, what can we do for you to make sure that other people get to experience the level of service that we have experienced? Now, in that case, of course, I say, well, you know, I, I, do, I don't just do weddings. We do all types of celebrations, and we love to be a part of your family and be go-to floors for you. Or you have an office, and you are hosting an office holiday party or, you know, a themed event. So there are other ways for you to access our service. So I'm never really pushy about it, but I do always want our work to speak for itself, and I like it to be more organic than us saying, hey, you know, can, can, can you work with us again? Will you work with us again? So I try to avoid that and really focus on implementation of a solid service that people want more of. Sounds like such a people-driven um, strategy, which I feel like is very much in line with what you, you said, you're, you know, how you've built your business. It's very exciting. I unfortunately yeah. think we're already at the end of our time, but before we let you go, we do have a quick, a few quick sentence finishers that we'd love to, to have Ooh, you. Uh... Let's, let's go. All right. <laughs> our first one is, if I had more hours in the day, I would sleep more. <laughs> You are not alone, Bron. We've had that answer before. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 when I tell you sleep, I have learned how valuable it is because that burnout thing, oh my gosh, I need more hours to sleep. <laughs> totally. Oh, couldn't agree more. Um, our next question is your favorite productivity tool is? My personal assistant, Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tiffany. <laughs> Yes, awesome. yes. Get you a get, get, if you can't do a personal assistant, get a VA. They're awesome. That is Love it. very good advice, Bron. I think yeah. Mary and I are both in the on the market for one at this point. But uh, our I last have, one, I have one I can share with you. Oh, please oh, do, Bron. Yeah, actually, please do. Thank That'd you. Look at us. We're giving referrals on a referral worthy <laughs> podcast. What? How could how could this not be better? That's right. Um, That's last, right. Last one is simple advice you can give to a small business owner. Oh, wonderful. I love this question. Um, simple advice is to keep your head down and focus on developing your service. Don't worry about what the next business is doing um, as much as you want to focus on honing in and reimagining your experience for your client and making sure that the things that you do are a reflection of who you are as a person. And it will always be a reflection of your clients and they'll relate to it every single time as long as you're authentic. I think before we let you go, where can listeners find you if they want to hear hear more from you and, and learn more about your services? Absolutely. Well, I would love for everyone to follow us on Instagram at the Flower Guy Braun. We also have our Facebook group, 
Um, you can find us on Facebook at The Flower Guy Braun, and then also you can find us at Ethos um, on Facebook as well. Our website is www.theflowerguybraun.com. If you'd like to send us an inquiry about workshops or inquire about what we do, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bron. We are so grateful to have you here. I really personally enjoyed what we've spoken about today. So thank you again. Um, and we kind of end our episodes with something called a bonus tip. So it's bonus tip time and Ooh. I have the bonus tip today. So my bonus tip today is about, it, it could be for multiple people, but I'm kind of targeting those who are starting a new business as an event professional. So a really great thing you could do to kind of help generate more cash flow is to supplement with freelancing. Now there's pros and cons to this. Chances are you started your business for a reason. Maybe you don't want to go build someone else's or work with someone else in that capacity, but it is a great option at times. And it's also a really great opportunity to make connections, meet new people as far as, you know, like your, your colleagues inside that business, and also get to see other processes of another business that maybe you could learn from. And so, um, freelancing is just a great thing that you can do to supplement your time and your income. And that is my bonus tip for today. Nice one, Mary. I love a, love a good one like that. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at better events pod. You can send us an email at better events pod at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for future episodes, or if you have any other questions for Bron or about referrals, we'll always pass those through. So we love hearing from you and we appreciate you listening again. And we'll be back in your ears again next Wednesday. 